0: Welcome back to the Joseph Cox Show. This week I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm trying my hand at a different method of storytelling, and I would love to get your impressions and your feedback. I'm thinking of this potentially as a multi-episode or perhaps even multi-season storyline uh, about a concept that I've been uh, nursing for quite some time now. Uh, there's somebody who might be willing to work with me on this, uh, somebody from Gaza who might be able to find himself and other actors from the region who would record the voices in the story, and thus make them quite a bit more effective than me recording it myself but for now as an experiment as a demonstration as a trial i've uh, recorded the following and i'd love you to listen and share your feedback thank you very much please please do share your feedback if you find this annoying tell me i don't want to put a lot of effort into something that is that is that is annoying and frustrating and unpleasant to listen to if you found it gripping if you found it attractive if you found there were just parts that were weak and parts that were strong all of that would be great to know um your feedback would be very valuable this is the kind of show i might be able to actually put together uh and so uh, uh really if people want to listen to it i would love to know and what they want to improve i would also love to hear about thank you for your time I can sense the men breathing, even though they are hundreds of feet away. I can sense them calming themselves, slowing their hearts, steadying their hands, watching. A line of men kneeling behind a berm protected by earth. They are not there to hide. Instead there is a rifle for each man. I can see the tips of the black barrels poking out over the edge of the earth. I can see the death they hold. There is a rifle for each man. There is a rifle for each target. We are the targets. They are the Israelis. Behind us are others. These are hidden as well, but no rifles peek over berms. Instead, machine guns peek out from under the curtains of windows. Mortars sit silently in courtyards. Grenade launchers are held by men concealed in the sparse bushes. There is no one man, one rifle, one target here. These others do not target the individual. They target all of us. They too are steady, awaiting orders. Awaiting orders to kill and to die. With the command they will create a field of death and that will be their final act. We are the target. They are Hamas. We are in the middle, suspended between worlds, unarmed, weak, exposed, and feared. They fear us. They all fear us. We walk forward, step by step, our lives in the balance. In an instant, we could cease to be. I can hear my heart beating. I can feel my fear. Would we hear the gunshots? Would we know the shells have landed, or would we simply cease to be? We are exposed. We are helpless. We are risking everything to reach for home. Uh, Mama, I'm scared. What was that? Where am I? Who, Who was that? Who was that? Sarah, it's my niece, Sarah. Amma, I'm scared. It is Sarah, my niece. My eyes focus and I see her, fear. I want to tell her Allah will protect her, but she has seen too much already. She is only a child, but she will never feel protected. I say simply, Inshallah, we will be safe. Inshallah. She repeats, but I can hear the uncertainty, the resignation in her voice. Even that, she cannot believe. I need to take care of her. I need to protect her. I need to calm her fears. Why are we here? What do I tell her? Because the Israelis chose it. Instead of tunnels or helicopters or boats at sea, they chose this. Having us walk across open ground, five meters between each family group. Five meters, and then a family inspected, examined, reviewed. And then 15 minutes later, another five meters. Bit by bit, we're crossing the no man's land between two worlds. I don't know why we're here. All I know is that there are five meters between each family. All I know is that we form a series of long lines. All I know is that it will take a day for us to cross fewer than 600 meters from Gaza City to Israel. The Israeli soldiers stand ready to fire on anybody who seems to be a threat. Are there bombs hidden among us? Knives? Guns? They can't know. Across from them, the Hamas fighters are watching us embarrass them and they are looking for an opportunity, an excuse, to bring an end to everything we represent. And the TV crews and the journalists watch our slow parade. I know they hope for riot and death. I know they hope to frame it all in the narratives their audiences embrace. I know they are eager for action, fault, and blame, so their voices and their stories will fly faster than we could ever hope to. Perhaps the Israelis are simply using us for our stories. Or perhaps, with the cameras watching, they know nobody will dare to be the first to pull the trigger. Why are we here? Sometimes, I say to little Sarah, to get someplace better, you have to go through someplace worse. She looks at me, almost believing almost comforted but it isn't enough it was your mother's idea she told me once imagine if we had our own little country not the palestine just our palestine a palestine governed by people who just want to live we laughed about it and then she asked if there ever is such a place can you make sure sarah gets to live there There was a desperation in her voice, something I'd never heard before. And I knew that that would be the last time we ever talked. But I don't tell Sara that. I don't tell her what happened to her mother, or to her father. I don't tell her about the brutalized body I found the next morning. Instead, I just tell her, we're here because it was your mother's idea. Zara's parents had given everything for their daughter. Now, it was my turn to do the same. I went to the director of a famous international aid organization. Help me, help me build a place of peace, of escape, a Palestinian city of hope, outside of the rule of Hamas or Fatah. I waited, anticipating my answer, But none ever came. I chose another organization. I have a name for it, Madinat al-Salam. It was Baghdad's original name, the city of peace. But none ever came. And yet another. We can develop the rule of law. We can show the world what Palestinian self-rule can actually achieve. But none ever came. I wasn't giving up. I wasn't giving up. I wouldn't give up. I began going to the consulates of foreign governments. I talked to anybody I could think of who was not a member of Hamas or Fatah or one of the other militant organizations. I kept going. I kept going until they began to answer me just so I would go away. We only need an opportunity out from under the thumb of Hamas and Fatah and then we could build a free society. Palestine must not be further divided. How many more people do we need to sacrifice? If we step around Hamas, we can find a solution. The resistance is Palestine. The Israelis are tired of war, if we move forward, I'm sure it would be good enough for them to accept. Then it is not good enough for us. Maybe if we build a real city of peace, we'll get diplomatic recognition. It sounds like you want to normalize with the Zionists. The every man is suffering. You thrive on our pain. We will find our victory through our suffering. There is no justice in the world you've created. We are seeking the greatest justice of all. Everybody had refused me, all of the NGOs and governments who claim to care. And I understood then They were corrupt, living on their international budgets, wedded to a conflict they pretended to abhor. They were all part of the conflict and not the solution. I had spoken to every man but one, Ahmed Garbi. Garbi was beloved, a billionaire Tunisian who had come to Gaza to share our pain and ease our burden. The West considered him a voice of reason, but within Gaza, he was known for the blessings he granted. Men could come to him, explain their needs, ask for his help, and then it seemed like he could make miracles happen. He could make us feel like we could fly from our troubles, at least for a moment. Ahmed Garbi was beloved. But coming to see him, was not easy. There were so many who needed him. Who was I to take priority over a man whose wife was dying, or whose child urgently needed care? I'd call and I'd ask to see him, but Ahmed never had time for me. Who could blame him? How could an abstract dream take the place of tangible needs? Soon the gatekeepers, his fleet of secretaries, knew me by my voice. I couldn't get through their defenses. I couldn't lie and make up a story of woe. I could only keep trying, and so I did. I began to ride my little scooter to his villa, day after day. It was south of Gaza City, in a small rural area, located only meters from the Mediterranean Sea. I would walk up to his front door, knock and announce again and again day after day, my name, and then I would join his heartiest and most desperate petitioners outside. We sat in the heat of the day, protected from the sun only by a sail of cloth stretched out over our heads. Day after day, others were called, but I never was. Instead, I sat there, listening to the waves of the Mediterranean, and dreaming of Matinat salam Day after day I waited, desperate to protect my niece, desperate for my sister's vision to become a reality. I waited day after day I waited, and then perhaps feeling that my patience was a sign of my need, my name was finally called. I rose from my spot against the wall and was escorted in by one of Ahmed's many men. My clothes were dusty. I had long since given up dressing for a meeting I did not really believe would ever occur. Five minutes, I was told, and then a door was opened and I stepped into a palatial office. There was gilt furniture, finely carved North African wooden couches, and wrought iron lamps. And there was a long door, opened completely, through which the fresh breezes of the sea rushed through the room. Sitting behind a desk, waiting for me, was Ahmed Garbi. He was only a little bit taller than me, completely average. His skin was only a touch darker than mine. His hair was only a bit thicker. He was completely unextraordinary, except in one way. His face was filled with kindness, his eyes were filled with concern and with love. I meant to share the idea alone, but instead I told my story and I told my sister's story and he listened, he truly listened. And then I shared my sister's idea and I offered up my ultimate prayer. At least let those who have sacrificed have hope. His answer? We already have hope. His smile faded and I was led from the room. As I stumbled out of that man's villa, I was broken. I got back in my scooter. There was nothing else I could do for Sarah but be there for her. I couldn't even do that. On the outskirts of the city, there was a checkpoint. I barely noticed them, but they were waiting for me. As soon as they pulled me aside, I knew what had happened. Ahmed Garbi was not the man I had imagined him to be. They didn't simply kill me on the road. They could have but they had to weigh the risks of my survival, of my continued agitation against the risks of my death and the condemnation that might come with it. Outside the walls they asked their questions and inside they did as well. Torture reassured them and so I was tortured as they searched for their answers. As the months passed, I lost hope that I would ever leave that place. As the months passed, I gave up on the city of hope. And as the months passed, I feared that Sara herself would not survive. And then, after 200 days, I was released. After 200 days, I ran to Sara and discovered a neighbor had taken her in. The neighbor was excited, quietly shouting something about a city. I checked my phone, it had been returned to me, and I saw it. The city was real, and the Israelis had invited me to become a part of it. Perhaps that was why they let me out of prison. Perhaps somebody else had taken up my gauntlet. Perhaps my sister's dream was finally becoming a reality. Perhaps some seed I had planted had yielded fruit. Six months later, our invitation came. We were welcome to come to the city. The Israelis gave us a time and a place. We were to bring our papers. Groups would be spaced. Weapons would get us killed. Security would be tight. And so that is why we are here now, Israel on one side worried about attackers in our midst and Hamas on the other embarrassed by the long line of people surrendering their dream of Palestine for the dream of a normal life in another Palestine and us in the middle, frightened, exposed, but hopeful. Sometimes to get someplace better, you have to go through someplace worse. As the day passes, we shuffle forward, step by step, drawing closer and closer to the little gate set into the berm, an impromptu border crossing created for this day alone. And then finally, it is our turn. I wonder what position the Israelis will have for me. Will I be the governor? Will I be some prominent official? What role will I play in the city? The little gate opens in front of us. I see the soldiers, nervous and fearful. I can see that they are tired after a day of tension and stress. And I can see that they do not understand why they are doing what they are doing. Sara and I step forward, ready to be prodded and searched, ready to step into our future, ready to be free of the corruption, the violence, and the war the little gate closes behind us. We are in a pen, a holding area. I hold our papers up to a camera. I run our bags through an x-ray. I answer questions. Sara does too. And then another little gate, like the second door in an airlock, opens in front of us. We step through it and into our future. Standing there, Waiting for us is a man. He's only a little bit taller than me. His skin is only a touch darker than my own. His hair is only a little bit thicker. He is completely unextraordinary, except in one way. His face is filled with kindness, and his eyes are filled with concern and with love. "Welcome," he says to Madinat al-Salam. Who is that? Asks Sarah. She can see my expression. Before I can answer, the man says, I am the mayor of the city of peace. His name, I say to my niece, is Ahmed Garbi. you for listening this is a trial of a way of telling a story i'd love to get your feedback do you want to hear more how would you like it done etc 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 ideally the thing will actually be voiced by people other than myself people from the region uh i'm just putting this out there as an experiment and to see what people think about the methodology before i put all the effort into the rest of it so give me your feelings give me your feedback and i appreciate it very much and thank you for listening